So here we are. This is Blake Moore, and I'm with Fred in the Tower. And Good morning. We're going to take a little time together. It's morning time. We both have our hot beverage. And I'm touching my heart right now, Fred, because that's what you make me want to do. Thank you. And right back at you. So we're living in interesting times, for sure. Yes, I remember Cheryl was the first person who told me the Chinese proverb, which I've been hearing a lot about in the media. It's interesting how it's become kind of this mainstream uh, meme at this point, which is may you live in interesting times, because right. I think we all know we definitely, my entire life, but especially the last few decades, it has been certainly interesting. The actual um, proverb um, is may you be born in interesting times. It's a, it's a curse. <laughs> that yes. The, 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 the experience of being born in interesting times prevents a person from doing their soul work or their spiritual evolution because they're distracted. That's actually kind of interesting given what, what we're doing right now, sheltering in place. So yes. the distractions can often be reading, over-reading the media, a lot of focus on news, the latest thing the, the current president has done or said or yeah. appointed, it's making everybody a little bit crazy when in reality, we, right, but in reality we are actually, you know, the curse gives us an opportunity in some ways to go deeper within than we've ever had time for. Exactly, exactly. And the curse or the plague, I mean, it comes at the same time in spring <laughs> as the Passover, right? And, and this right. is a plague that will pass over. And who will we be as a, uh, a species and as a civilization when this experience does pass over? Will, will we be the same? Um, I hope not. I think that uh, it will be a change, a, r- a real transformational Kairos turning point. I do too, and I, I wonder about this idea that life will never be the same which I embrace, as I know yeah, I you know. do, but I know people who've said to me, I cannot wait to get back to life as normal, when life gets back to normal. Yeah, I don't know what that normal that's being referenced, what's so, what's so good about it? It's just a habit, and, and the habit right. has, has included, you know, data banks, dead ideas, dead rivers, smoky skies. Rush, 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 going to work, driving, long traffic, Jams. Yeah, and consumption. So the, the human experience has been so economically based around um, moving material um, and services in such a rapid and, and um, profound way through, through some kind of cookie-cutter machine that financials are created for um, the elite and, and who's left behind. Right. So that's the question, how do we as individuals, as people who are stepping out of the machine in some ways, whether we're being forced to or we maybe did that already and this is just a reminder of how far out of the machine we've been. Right. I know that that's true for those of us that sheltering in place is like an unexpected holiday and I know people are suffering and I by no means am minimizing what is happening to families who've lost loved ones or who are experiencing fear about somebody being sick or any of that and I know that that is part of life you know when we look at the actual percentage 
of people dying when you look at the percentage of people who die in car crashes. Just because I am not thinking about car crashes all the time, it doesn't mean that I'm saying, oh, whatever, that's your problem, you died of a car crash. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I think suffering is, is inevitable. Um, what we do with it, you know, is our choice. So in this case, we're suffering as a civilization right now, and may it lead to a transformation of the way we do business and the way we do our own personal and collective lives. So back to that question is what do you think people can do individually to start affecting this transformational change to a new way of life so that things don't just go back to normal? Well, I think all of us need to learn how to drop some of the load we've been carrying and lighten up and essentially um, become more um, gracious in the way we travel through our moments in relationships, the way we consume material, and the way we uh, evolve into what we think is, is necessary and helpful to our family life, our community life, and in, in the workforce, right? So things are going to have to change to accommodate this new, new reality. And I think that we've never been given this invitation by necessity. And most, most human beings change only out of necessity, like the stick rather than the carrot. So this is the stick, right? We have to just transform the way we do business um, because we didn't choose it. Um, out of the carrot, like we haven't aspired. Instead, we now have to react to a crisis. And this is an opportunity. One of the thoughts you just said is lighten up. So don't take ourselves so seriously and relax into the process because in stress, change or, or real transformation doesn't happen because we're so tight that we don't have the opportunity for the magic to show up, which is what happens when we're yeah, The magic can't come in when you're all adrenalized. If you do not have a meditation practice, this is a very good time <laughs> to begin watching your breath and to um, garden or to go for um, a walk, even if it's just pacing around in your living room with mindfulness. Light a candle right. and, and n- notice your breath and begin to appreciate maybe for the first time, that you're okay right now in this moment. That's really all you have is a string of this moment. And as long as you're okay in this moment, then you can relax about the future moment. But isn't that true for all of us all the time anyway? We're okay in this moment. It's it's the future anxiety that we have that we think, how am I going to be okay next week or in a month? Or who am I going to be next year? Right, and even looking at people who survive cancer, one of the ways that they have talked about surviving is that in this, this moment, okay, you have cancer, you're not really okay with big quotes around okay, but the mindset around how you interpret the cancer in your body can actually make you okay and stay in the present moment and help you move toward a remission yeah. or a graceful death, correct? Right, it, it, yes. So hardship brings our attention to, to the moment that we're in and once we arrive in the moment all things are possible now we got two practices i'm really trying to focus on the way there's all these big ideas going around and i'm really trying to get a couple of very very easy 
firm places of what we can do to help initiate this kind of global transformation, this big shift into not hoping that life goes back to normal, but to really thinking let's make life different than normal okay. and let's create a new normal, so to speak. Yeah, so well, one, don't take well, yourself so seriously. To develop, cultivate some kind of mindfulness. Yes. What else, Fred? I think simplicity. Getting more simple. Everything has been so complicated and complex that we've lost the appreciation for what gives us most joy and pleasure is the simplicity of things. So giving us more time. That's one of the things we're having with this whole pandemic sheltering in place is more time and people who don't know how to simply be with themselves are finding that they don't really even know themselves so this is an invitation in order to get to a a new placement in relationship with one's precious life and the relationships they have with other people and baggage that they've been carrying from all their old um, stories that they've been telling themselves when you're by yourself and you don't have the constant distraction of, oh, I need to run to the store, I have to go here, I have to go do this, I'm going to go, go to this thing, I'm going to go sit at the bar, whatever it is that you're going to do, without all those distractions, you kind of really are left back with just yourself. So it is forcing a kind yeah, of self-examination. Yeah, it's kind of a meditation retreat. <laughs> and leisure. And most of us, leisure has become, oh, backyard picnic or go to the beach, go here. Like most of our leisure activities in the American culture center around a type of socializing. So now yeah. we're being forced to leisure in a new way. And one that's maybe healthy, like leisuring in front of the TV can just make you feel worse. I think the media uh, and the the whole electromagnetic field of being in that all the time is part of the problem. I think being as close to nature as one can be is is the name of the game. It's to to really just uh, unplug from the consensus trance that we're going to be better if we get distracted by um, some pundit on the radio or television or um, cable news, that that's going to actually help us. But it really doesn't, and what we hopefully can find is that it might, um, it might be better if we just open the windows and go for a little walk around the block. And we don't have access to nature like people like you and I do who've chosen a rural lifestyle where we are surrounded by trees and can go out for a walk and not see anybody, be alone. The idea being somebody in a city, if you can't go outside, you can't open your window, especially at night, you know, or feel the sun on your face, do something. Yes, to, yes, you yes. know, connect in. You've sent some amazing videos of nature and, and yes. pictures and different things. If you are going to watch a screen, do things like that create a feeling of nature that is... Yes. I, I think mm-hmm. the, the mind and the neuroscience of the way our whole constitution works is that um, active visualization helps our psyche and our soul feel into the experience of um, walking in nature or swimming. So just even imagine yourself on a country path or a swimming in a, a lake or a river or a swimming pool. Uh, these experiences actually allow the body-mind to move into some repose rather than, you know, moving into thought forms of frenzy, you know, and anxiety and uh, despair. So I think we have to be good housekeepers with our mental uh, world and, 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 and look at, look at fear for what it is. You know, it's very reactive, and of course we can't help but 
you know, when we witness the television screen, see the suffering of people in real time. Um, but we need to unplug from that as well and see there's, there's a larger, more macro experience going on um, within the field of our own body. We're not, we're not having the virus in us necessarily right now. We're just having thought forms. And beyond that, to also remind ourselves that the media doesn't show us the success stories of all the people that have gotten better or this policeman got it, they've quarantined, they, they healed, and now they've got the antibodies and they can go back out and serve the people again. They don't share those stories. So I think that's also important for people to pay attention to that on their, their own intuition and recognize, remember that it is the media, and remember that yeah. so much of the information we have is colored in with whatever spin that person wants to give it. You know, we like to talk about China being a, a government-controlled media. Well, we're all controlled by our media, and it's totally evidence now by the way that, that we've divided ourselves in our human communities. Right. Well, our, our bodies need to be our, our friends. If, if we can re, re, reposition our minds to experience our body's breath, and the sensations of ease in a chair or lying down or doing a yoga posture and realize that we're okay in this moment right now and that this is a phenomenon that we've never had before and we're in the unknown. It brings us almost in contact with our uh, our, our very precious childlike um, memories of when we were first beginning to understand our world. You know, it's, it's, this is a new world that we're looking at. What, what would it be like if we um, had an opportunity um, to reconfigure who we are in the context of larger? And right. in this case, we're doing it all together. And, right. and in that case, the media brings us into contact with how other people around the world are, are dealing with this how other governments are, are similarly missing the mark like ours. Yes. Yes, for all kinds right. of um, egoic defense mechanisms and political you know, motivations to skew the, uh, the reality at hand um, for their own <laughs> nefarious ends. Because the, the reality is that we've all been infected by something that is causing us to um, stop what we've been doing. Stop. Look, listen, right? So that's what we're, um, we're invited to do. Is we're, we're at the threshold of a, of a new human evolutionary moment. It's a portal, right? It will, yeah. it, this whole experience is a gateway into the next world. And if we, if we go through this portal, um, we'll have a different kind of human experience. Uh, it's mysterious. I, I'm not a, um, you know, a palm reader on the cosmic level. Does that mean we don't know, but something that you already said, less consumptive. People are having financial fears, so they're not shopping. You know, we have friends that own small businesses that rely on people shopping, yes. that yes. produce a product that they want people to buy. So I think that that's where maybe this is an opportunity for us to recognize where that consciousness of where your money goes. Do you exactly. want to support something bigger, or do you want to support something smaller, I think, something I think, more local? I think local is, is where, where it's at. I think people will come into their families, communities, and, and the smaller bi- biomes and become um, supportive and mutually integrated 
and, and perhaps even like a, a, an agrarian barter system kind of uh, experience, maybe a new kind of economy. Um, we, we need a new economy rather than the, the main macro structural one that has been basically overutilizing technology and raping the environment. To what end? You know, more and more and more. Uh, how about less and less instead? Because that's, that's what we're at right now. That's what's happening. And as you're saying that, this is what comes up for me so often when we think about what's happening, let's say the government that we don't really have control of, and we, we read that the current leader decided to roll back environmental protections. So the natural inclination is for fear to come up in the body. And so to take that one step away from them, because they're going to want to keep creating new distractions to keep us from doing the work that is the bigger work that will help shift this into the yes. next place. Yeah. So we hear that. We can feel some sort of something taking over the body. What do we do to, to transform that feeling into the present moment? Well, we, we don't want to buy into that um, seductive re- return to the normal consumptive experience, and we want to find a new way of being um, happy, essentially, without having to consume things and have the next experience that's going to be better than the last. But, I mean, back to that idea, yes, getting out of the consumptive reality. So, in other words, don't consume the media because the media, it's like stay informed but recognize it for what it is. Yes. And don't let it take over. People in my life who are smart, intelligent, informed people, Yes. who pay attention to the news, who want to read their paper every day, yeah. who really need to get that information coming in, but every time they do, it brings their energy field down. Well, because the information is, is very simple and it's pretty scientific. The problem in the, the um, media delivery system is that it's got a tone of anxiety and edge, and um, so the, the envelope is different than the content in the letter. So you, you want to get this basic information, like, you know, masks and social distancing and things like that, and noticing that there's an incubation period, and there's, there's facts on the ground. Uh, but facts and information are different than wisdom. And so I think what you're, you're asking about is what's the wise way for people to actually get the information without getting all of the, um, the, the crap that comes with the data? And creating the fear response that comes with the crap that is part of the data. Yeah, exactly. And the fear response is usually in the body as a shake, um, as a kind of a coldness and, and an anxious, adrenalized feeling that you somatically feel like, you know, this is really bad, the days are weird, and you have a, a, a very negative yuck. Uh, rather than and we hold being, our breath. So that's a fear reaction. So. You want to run away, or you want to fight, or you want to freeze. That's the fight, flight, freeze, right? So you stop reacting, right. and you then learn to respond instead rather than react. And so how do you flow with adversity, right? This is a warrior um, kind of conversation. How does a warrior succeed mm-hmm. in a fight? You know, they have to have clarity and ground and, and see the situation for really what it is rather than their own fantasy to seize and imaginations. So th- that's right. why facts help um, ground ourselves rather than, you know, get us into a frenzy. 
calming down is very important. Do you think COVID-19 is teaching us a new relationship between ourselves and our society? Definitely. It's right. an opportunity for self-reflection and mm-hmm. to um, lighten up the baggage that we've been, been carrying, that we can actually be happier with maybe less travel, less social engagement, and more opportunity to perhaps read a book, do some yoga, um, go for a walk, or actually maybe do some meditation and write some of the things we've wanted to say for a long time, that we've not actually have time and space. So in a way, people feel imprisoned because they can't do their own habituations. Maybe they've been liberated from the rat race, and now they don't know who they are or what to do with themselves. But welcome to the world of self-discovery. Become your best friend. Learn how to um, sort out and weed out the garden of your mind and get some clarity and plant some new thoughts and some new ideas. So this is like a death rebirth. Something had to die in order for something to be born. It's the phoenix rising that you can't have without the ashes. We've known that for so long. So many of us have expected yes. this. Yes, now we're here. Now we're actually yeah. finally here. And if we didn't prepare for it, we're shocked. But if we did prepare for it, we're like, oh, this is the moment we've been waiting for. These, I'm the person I've been waiting for. This is my right. moment. Now, not this is that river that. that's flowing fast, and we're all in the middle of it, right? That's Some right. people are holding onto the bank. Some are right in the middle. I think we need to right. let go and go where this river takes us, and uh, and it'll be a new world, and it'll be a new world, yeah. and we need to be we need to be ready to fight for this new world in the right way of fighting. I know that people that that's a tough word for a lot of people. Our love for this new world, right? Well, yeah. So, in a sense, we need to use our fierce love to to yes. resist what is going to be that attempt to return to normal. Yes. Well, and whatever the normal is, is not the rearview mirror normal. Yes. It's the status a, quo normal has permanently shifted. Yeah, the, the status quo was not healthy for the planet, for sure. And it was definitely yeah. unfair to the masses. Okay, right. It was leading toward totalitarianism, and now everyone is in this together. So in, in a yes. sense, we're all affected. So there's a, an egalitarian wave that the COVID-19 experience has done, that we're all in this together. And um, there's no escape from that uh, interconnectivity of the world. That's helpful. Now that's what? Very helpful. Dot, dot, dot. So that's a big insight right. for a lot of people that felt like they were cushioned because of their money or status or location or whatever. But now not so much, right? So there's no push. We're all in this. And how do we actually make it work for all of us? So the whole system has to be not only reevaluated, but but transformed. Right. You look at everything from energy, you know, to relationships. Yeah. And that sense of maybe, in our culture, a desire for more leisure in our lives that perhaps new pathways will open for people that they're like, I like having this time. You know, it could go long enough that people can be transformed by their, their own boredom can be transformed into something so much richer when they get used to being with themselves and the peace that comes from that when you truly embrace it. 
But that's the choice, is to, is to choose yeah. to tr- be transformed by this experience. I mean, pandemics have, have forced humans to break with the past and, and yeah. imagine a new worldview. And this is one that's no different. It, it is a, it really a portal. It's a, it's a gateway into the next world if we choose to walk through it. That's exactly right. And I feel that we could wrap up right there and leave listeners with the question of what is COVID-19 saying directly to you, to you personally, not to society, not to everybody else, but to you. What is this virus's message to you personally? Yes. I know what it says to me. I am definitely thinking about that. And I know my life will not go back to normal, even if society attempts to and my life wasn't normal before. Right. You know, I mean, I just feel like this has given me such a beautiful opportunity to deepen my own practice and appreciate things in my life that maybe if I'm moving too fast, I don't have time for. Exactly, exactly. So gratitude and appreciation and, and, and th- thank you, well said. And, and, and for me, I, I, very similarly, I feel it's, it's very much of an invitation to cultivate calm, um, and, and peaceful and passionate ways of living my life on a daily basis in a, in a new and fresh way with all things. And I will say, I do want life to get back to normal so that you can touch me again, Fred. That is oh one God. thing I really miss. That's the one I thing miss that, your hands. No, I miss your hands. <laughs> I, I think that that for me personally has been one of the, uh, the more, more challenging things because I'm used to both giving and receiving uh, more somatic experiences with my uh, neighbors, friends, and their skillful hearts. Um, but I, th- I think uh, what I'd like to leave this conversation with is um, enlightenment and lightening up. And I think that this is cutting through a lot of the baggage uh, and, the, and the heavy darkness that we've been carrying from this old world, um, the world right. that, you know, we've, we've discussed so much in this conversation. So if we can get lighter and more free, our experiences are going to be just like a backpacker where it dro- drops off some of the load and is able to move on to the next evolutionary arc of the great journey of the soul, feeling more free to cultivate who we really are as, as human beings rather than human doers. That human becoming. Yeah, becoming. This we is are. the season of our becoming. This springtime yes. of our becoming really is the Passover and this plague. Well, uh, on Easter, the second comings have just risen. We have all just risen. <laughs> yeah, it, well, interesting, you know, that, that, that all, all, all of us Jews that wanted to have Passover couldn't, couldn't make it uh, because of the 11th plague. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and all of us Christians are being forced into our, our our cave so that we can resurrect. Exactly. Well, hello and hallelujah and Easter, <laughs> happy Passover, and, and and my birthday time as well. So this is new beginning. Yay! Yay! We are in April, and we need really. also it's also National Poetry Month, so time to express the emotions and the thoughts of the soul. So everything is in alignment exactly as it should be, correct? Aho. <laughs> as always. Thank you so much, Fred Matower. Talking with you is such a blessing, and thanks everyone who is listening to the two of us traverse the skies and the ground and each other. 
Red Mitchell is a, a very special human being and one of my favorite people on the whole planet. Thank you so much, Blake. <laughs> okay. Love, love, big light. Namaste. Namaste.